Good morning, brethren. Good Thank morning. you so much for that special number. What a beautiful song. And so beautifully sung from the heart. Yeah. Truly wonderful. I've got Siri talking to me. <laughs> so tonight, today is the conclusion of our month looking at fruits of the Spirit. We haven't looked at every single fruit. Um, so we've picked out a couple of them. And today we're looking at the kind heart or the fruit of kindness. Let's go back to look at our starting verse, our starting point. Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. So I'm just going to give you an outline of how I'm going to walk through today. And we'll start off with looking at the limitations of language in describing kindness. And in fact, it's the limitations of language in expressing the deep truths of God and Christianity. Then I'll look at the supernatural nature of kindness. We'll look at God's kindness through common grace. We will look at the practical displays of kindness. We'll look at how kindness can be unpleasant. We'll look at the power of God the kindness. And finally, we'll consider kindness in our lives. So, we, we often misunderstand the true depth of biblical kindness. Because we normally, in our language, in the English language at least, um, we think of kindness maybe as being nice, being pleasant, smiling, getting along with others, not rocking, rocking the boat and not ruffling the feathers. Now, these are all aspects of what might be included in biblical kindness, but they are only a drop in the real depths of what biblical kindness is. Biblical kindness is probably the most underrated of the fruits of the Spirit, mainly because of what we understand kindness is. Kindness is just giving someone to something who wants it, we might think, or saying something nice. Um, and while that might be a starting point, it's not the reality of it. You see, the English language uses a limited number of words. We know that from the word for love. We have one word for love in English, but in the Greek there are four different words. And they mean different things. Kindness can mean, if we look at the biblical word for kindness or words for kindness, it can mean kindness, it can mean goodness, it can mean mercy, pity, love, grace, favor, compassion, gentleness, tenderness. Kindness includes all of these things. It is one of those all-encompassing terms. Even the Greek and Hebrew languages have more than one word for what the Bible refers to as kindness or biblical kindness. In the Greek, we have a list of words that I will not try to say because my Greek is not so good. <laughs> but there we have seven different words, all that, is, all that are used in the Bible to explain biblical kindness. Even in the Hebrew, we have five different words used to explain or to refer to biblical kindness. So when we look at it in that context, we can clearly see that our understanding has to be broader than the limitation that we use in our day-to-day -day, um, interactions. Kindness is a truly supernatural thing. In 2 Corinthians 
<coughs> Paul qualified himself as an apostle. So what happened was, Paul set up the church in Corinth. He then, after a time being there, growing the church, teaching them, he traveled because he was a missionary who went and planted churches all over the Roman Empire. Um, some imposters came into the church. Imposters, they imposed, they pretended that they were Christians, but truly they were not. Um, they dressed up all fancy, they used fancy words, and they claimed to have a special revelation. I would just like to say that when people dress fancy, use fancy words, and say that they have a, spe uh, a special revelation, that should be a massive red flag for you. Because that's not what God teaches in the Word. And so these people had come in and they started to say bad things about Paul. They started to put him down. They started to say, oh, but look, he's suffering. He's in prison. How can a prisoner be telling the truth? Um, and then by their lives of gathering wealth and showing off what they had, they started to try and mislead and persuade the Christians in Corinth that actually... They were right because, look, God is blessing them with money. Um, and so God, um, Paul wrote this, uh, the book of the Second Corinthians in order to qualify, number one, and then to challenge them. So he speaks of his hardships in Second Corinthians 6, verse 3 to 12. And in that, <clears throat> he talks about the proof of his calling. Interesting. We prove ourselves by our purity... Our kindness, our patience, sorry, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. Can I read that again? We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. The word used for kindness here is krestos which can be interpreted or translated as goodness, excellence, uprightness. That word kindness. So it encompasses more than just being kind to someone. It means being good in who you are, being upright in your actions, and being excellent. On the spiritual plane, krestos can be translated across suitable or usefully kind, describes what God defines as fine. And therefore, also has etern is eternally useful. In other words, it's not a kindness from a human understanding of what it means to be kind. That word refers to the kind of action or person that God defines as kind. Um, M. Vincent said, We have no adjective in English that conveys this blend of being kind and good at the same time. So we've got to go back and look at, um, at it in terms of who God is. And an important starting point there is common grace. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. Yes, it's one of them. Therefore, God is kind as much as God is love. Because love is a fruit of the Spirit. And each of these fruits of the Spirit are the evidence that the Spirit is within you. And so God is kind as much as He is love. He's not selectively kind either. But He's kind to everything that is created. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended 
to turn you from your sins. Sin Romans 2 verse 4. Kindness in Romans 2 has the same root meaning as in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 6. Christos. It's the same root meaning. In other words, what God determines as good is used in order to cause people to turn away from their sins. They have not turned yet, yes? If, if, if the intention of it is to turn you away from your sin, that means you haven't turned yet. So therefore, God's kindness is given to people in rebellion against Him so that they will no longer be in that place. God shows His kindness, or in other parts of Scripture it's termed His love to us, while we are spiritually dead and separated from Him, in order that He might turn to us, see how good He is, and love us. Therefore, God pours out His kindness and His goodness on everything in creation, whether good or not. But when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. From Titus 3. What an amazing thing. God showed us more than just love. He showed us kindness. Now the thing is that none of us are kind. If we are going to be honest, no one is kind. But no, all have turned away. All have been corrupt. No one does good. Not a single one. From Psalm 14 and Paul referred to it. In Romans 3, this word good is the same root word, Christos. In other words, God is saying there, no one is kind. We are not kind as humans. That is not who we are. Okay, I want to take you to a little story. Um, but of, of, of my life. I, I became a Christian when I was 17 years old. And God called me. He convicted me. I'd gone through Anglican church. I'd done the, you know, I'd been water sprinkle baptism. I had done the, the, what they call confession in the Anglican church. Um, when I'd gone through that, I sort of got a sense from the person leading it of something of the life of God. Um, but I wandered off. I didn't get involved there. And later on, I went to a a. Actually, there was a girl that I liked and I wanted to go out with her. And she said, sure, come to Bible study with me. And I went along and at that time there was a guy from Fever Radio. Still exists today. They broadcast into areas where the gospel is closed off. So they can't physically get in there. They broadcast radio messages. And as he was preaching, this image popped up of a man in the desert, desert behind him, hat on. And I just felt God grip my heart and say, I'm calling you. And so I searched out to find out what it was to be a Christian. And I had been going to a church of a friend because he had invited me on a camp and it was fun. As we often do, we you know, start off with a fun and somehow God uses that to give us truth. Um, and while going to this church, I remember hearing time and time again this, this um, verse. Be holy as God is holy. Be holy as I am holy. You need to do this. You need to be kind. You need to be good. You need to be 
I remember hearing it again and again. And my greatest was frustration was continually I was told what I was supposed to be, but I was never told how to be that. So 17, 18, 19, asking people and no one could tell me. They said, no, you must do it. And so I set out, I decided I am going to be the best Christian that there is. I'm, I'm going to do it. But you see, the fruit of the sinful nature, the fruit of man, one of them, is pride. So I set out to be the best Christian. What was the result of my earnest, hard-working action to be the best Christian? It was pride. Oh, oh, look, he's not doing this. I'm doing that. I'm better. Oh, and they're not doing that. Oh, no, they can't do that. That's what the action turns out. Oh, I come to prayer meeting every day. They don't. Oh, I'm, I'm better than them. That's not a fruit of the Spirit. That's a hu- fruit of the human flesh. You see, the product of our human effort is sin. Because we are not good. We can't replicate what God does. We can do the actions that appear to be godly, but it does not replicate within our heart. The fruits that come from the Spirit. Not only that, another result was, now I'm doing all these actions, I'm, I'm working hard in the church, I'm involved, I'm a young man, I'm, I'm in you know, with the youth group and I'm doing a lot of stuff, but others are being preferred above me all the time. So what is the fruit of sin? What is the fruit of the human nature? Jealousy. Envy. Why are they getting it? Not me. Oh, but look what I'm doing. They don't do it. No. You see, I'm not good. In all my best efforts, doing the very best I can, I can never produce goodness. Because within our own hearts is not goodness, it is sin. We're born of the seed of Adam. Pastor James was talking about earlier in the Bible study that we need to be born again. That's why we need to be born again. Because our human birth only gives us the seed of sin. We do not have the seed of the Spirit within us in order to produce uh, fruit that is of the Spirit. So, we need to be focused always, and I know I spoke about it last time, but I will remind us again, we need to be focused not on the fruit that we produce, but on the fruit the Spirit produces within us. This is a fruit generated by the Spirit, not by my own human effort. You can't try to do it. I, I know I searched it out, I asked, I, I tried to find it. How do I do these things? The reality was, the answer was, you don't. You can't. It is impossible. You don't have to try to be a good Christian. Not at all. We don't generate it ourselves. As the Spirit occupies more of this body, which is the temple, And we become less, so His fruit becomes visible in us, and our fruit disappears. You see, the reason there was that that period of uh, 400 years when um, God left the temple. He had His presence in the temple in Israel, and then He left there. Why? Because of the terrible, wicked things that the, um, the priests were doing within the temple. And the temple was destroyed. And then when Jesus came... He, God had never intended there to be another temple. Why? Because His intention was that as we become reborn, he now become, we now become the temple of the Holy Spirit. What is the temple exactly? 
The temple is the place, the physical place that houses the presence of God. That's what it is. So the only way, the only way to produce this fruit, I'll, I'll tell you the steps. Stop. Stop trying. Don't do it anymore. Go to God. Spend time with Him and in the Word. And as you learn of Him, as you submit your will to Him, as you work out what His ways are, miraculously, without even trying, He produces amazing fruit within you. And you know it because others start to say, oh wow, you're different. And then you look back and realize, wow, I wasn't even trying. And God has done it within me. That is the only way for us to produce the fruit. So what does this kindness look like in practice? Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you'll truly be acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. He is kind to those who do not give Him any thanks and are wicked at heart. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. And these are words of Jesus in Luke 6. You see, Jesus spoke about it. He said, even a wicked man will give his child good things if he asks for it. Right? He said that. I know I'm taking it a little bit out of context, but the reality is the same thing. Any one of us will give good to those who, number one, either we are going to get good back from them. I'll be good to you because you're rich and you might give me nice things. Or, oh, you're my child. I'll be good to you because... I'm connected to you, even the wicked. But what God calls us to do is to reflect Him who is kind to all and compassionate on all. The fruit of kindness is not just an action. It is a kindness that reflects the very heart, the very emotion combined with actions of God. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. I want to repeat back what I said. You can't do this. I've tried. I mean, unless I'm just not as good as others. But you can't do this on your own. If we live by our humanness, even within the church, we will start to challenge each other for permission for position we will get angry when things don't go our way we will start to talk behind each other's back that's what happens why because our heart is sin but we have to grow the spirit the fruits of the spirit within us by not trying to do them but by going to him then we will be kind to each other because god will change our hearts you see it was in the scripture god says and i will take out your hearts of stone and put in heart of flesh he didn't say and you will put a heart of flesh in yourself he said no i will take it out and i'll put in a heart of flesh so it's got to be his work within you and the only way he will work within you is he will wait for you to take the word and as you read through it and as you wash yourselves in the words of scripture which are life he will transform you from the inner man without you even trying to be transformed now Kindness is not always pleasant. 
And we have to know this. Because our humanist says, kind means you do the good things. Now, now let, me, let me just explain a little bit. So, kindness means I do the good things. It's an action. Remember, Jesus said that the Pharisees were like whitewashed tombs. Look good on the inside, but on the outside, but inside they're dead. You see, the actions of kindness in our humanness will be, I do something nice to you on the outside, but really inside, I can be thinking anything. I can be proud. Oh, look how good I am. Here we go. You, you don't have enough, so here, I'll give you. I'm such a good guy. That's, that's not a fruit of the Spirit. That's pride, right? Or I might be saying, okay, yes, I will do this. I will, I will print these things out for you, but oh, you're wasting my time. I don't say it out loud. I do it. It seems that I'm kind, but really in my heart, it's wicked. That's what happens in our flesh. Yes? Let the godly strike me. It will be a kindness. If they correct me, it is soothing medicine. Don't let me refuse it. Let the godly strike me, it will be kindness. If they correct me, it is soothing medicine. Don't let me refuse it. Kindness is not always, I mean, kindness is not always pleasant. In verse 5, the word kindness is from the root, root oh, sorry, is from the root word chasad. Chasad can also be translated as merciful. So, let the righteous strike me, I will consider it as their mercy. Jesus called the Pharisees a brood of vipers. He did. In the temple, he got angry. Does that mean we can get angry? Well, he was righteously angry. He wasn't angry because he was offended. He was angry because people were doing things in direct opposition to God. You see, a kind physician cuts deep down into the root cause of cancer. Yes? Is an operation nice? I don't know. It's not. Cutting through muscle, your body gets injured, it's inflamed, takes time to recover. Yes? Operations are never nice, but are they kind? Of course. You don't get the cancer out and you're going to die. Yes? And so it's the same with kindness. Kindness doesn't always mean you have to be the nice person. Sometimes you have to be the honest person. Right? Isn't it better for someone to be honest with you and expose what is truly inside so that you can change than say, oh no, you're fine and let you walk a line to death? No, that's terrible, right? The highway to hell, that's what Jesus talks about. He says, narrow is the road that leads to righteousness, but wide is the road that leads to destruction. So if you're on the road to destruction and you are having a good time, is it better for everyone to say, oh no, no, just carry on, you know, it's fine, it's fine. And you end up in destruction or for someone to say, no, your life is a mess. What you're doing here is wrong so that you can see it and make changes. What will happen when you're told? I don't know. Possibly if you like me sometimes, you might initially be offended, angry. Oh, how can you say that about me? Yes. But afterwards, the seed of truth will be planted and I'll be able to reflect and it will give me opportunity to find a new path. Mold and fungus grow in dark areas. Yes. The only way to get rid of fungus is to open the cupboard and let the light shine in. The problem with opening the cupboard is that the cupboard doesn't look nice anymore. Yes, I've got a nice fancy cupboard. I sand it. I paint it. It looks lovely. And then you open it up and there's fungus. Oh, I'm going to be embarrassed. Oh, but you see the dirty fungus. Yes, but if I don't open up the cupboard, the light can't shine and we can't get rid of the fungus. 
right? So my offense often is because I've been giving this outward image of being good, right? And now you expose me, I'm embarrassed, so I might react. And it's happened before, I've had friends who have have confronted me directly. So I'll react. But actually in the long run, that pain, that unpleasantness, I value. Because it meant that they showed my sin. And the only way to get rid of sin is to expose it by the truth and the light. That's why it says in in the letters of John, that um, is it John or James, that you need to confess your sins one to another. Not so each of you can show how good or bad you are, but rather so that in exposing the sin, you make it known and it loses its power. Because the devil works in darkness. So kindness can be quite firm like this. It's an unpleasant thing. But rather have the truth hurt you than a quiet sin kill you. Okay, so let's, let's go on to kindness in our lives. Are we okay? I know it's a bit hot this morning. Yes. How do we identify whether or not we have... Oh. oh, wrong place. Okay, sorry. First, godly kindness is powerful. It's a powerful thing. Um, Rosaria Butterfield uh, was a homosexual who saw Christians as poor thinkers, judgmental, scornful, and afraid of diversity. She was a vocal lady, and she wrote a critique about this. She published this critique in a local newspaper in America. And she waited after publishing this. She waited for the response. Why? Because she was judging that Christians would be poor thinkers, judge her for her comments, scornful, etc. So she, on her desk, she had two boxes. One that said fan mail, one that said hate mail. And as the letters rolled in, she was easily be able to put them into, oh, Christian, hate mail. Christian, hate mail. Oh, another homosexual, fan mail. And so she was dividing these up between hate mail and fan mail as they came in. And so, after a little bit of time, she got a two-page letter from a local pastor. And she says that this letter was kind and inquiring. In fact, she said it was the kindest letter of opposition she had ever received in her life. The tone demonstrated that the writer wasn't against her. That was a significant thing for her. In fact, she reached out to the pastor and met with him and his wife, spoke to them, asked questions, became friends with them. And she says of them, they talked with me in a way that didn't make me feel erased. They were kind to me. Their friendship was an important part of her journey to faith and and coming out of homosexuality into a life of freedom. (coughs) Godly kindness is truly powerful. That kindness, a tone that demonstrates that they're not against, kind and inquiry, that we can't do on our own. We need something of the Spirit to produce it. Okay, so kindness in our own lives. How do we identify whether or not we have the Spirit in us? Okay, so remember, going back, we do not produce this fruit. I can't say that enough. Um, It's God's Holy Spirit who produces it in and through us. Even evil men, like I said before, are kind to their children. So even evil men can show kindness. But the kindness of God goes way beyond that. It goes to those who don't deserve our kindness, who should not receive it. So how do you react to the people around you. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to answer it honestly. 
in the last few weeks, we're going through the fruits of the Spirit, and I've been reflecting, and I've been finding some troubling things, seeing them in my own life. Yes? Is your reaction to people to start, you see something happening, start talking about them to other people, a little bit of gossip, tear them down, paint a bad picture about them? And when you do this, is that because you are being kind and you want to help them? Or is it because, yeah, I, I, I sometimes do that. And then I look at myself and think, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. What about when I'm in a rush? You know, when you're rushing and someone is there, am I patient, kind, or are my words maybe a bit harsh? Maybe I blame them. Oh, they didn't get this done on time. They all use hurtful words. What about when I'm tired? Yes? Tired and hungry are fantastic, um, re- are a fantastic revelation of which fruit right now is the strongest in your life. Yes? Because when I'm tired or hungry and I start snapping, man, that's not the Spirit. That definitely means um, that I've got a bit of too much sin in me. Yes? Jesus fasted for 40 days. The devil came. Not once did he get flustered or step out of place. Here's our example. You know, we call it Christians because it means little Christ, as in people who are just like that Christ guy. Oh, I wish I could really be a real Christian. I wish people could say, you know, you're just like that Jesus of the Bible. I wish. But I've got to get myself out the way, don't I? What about, wait, when you're driving in traffic in Qatar and they're racing up behind you or cutting in front or they're going too slow? Oh, my goodness. Our automatic responses, all they're doing, They're not saying you're good or bad. This is important. If we start looking at it like that, we start to get distracted from the truth. It's not good or bad. It's this is the light shining in my heart. Which fruit am I bearing? Ooh, sinful nature. God, I need to get out of myself. I need to get time with you. Right? I had this, um, there was this pastor that used to be at the church I was at. Lovely man. Gentle. Um, incredible because he was a musician fantastic voice had some albums they came to do a worship thing and I was just sweeping up and then they went to pray and he said come pray Uh, I've come from other churches where you know you're cleaning up you're not as good as the musicians yeah and I said but I'm no, I'm just cleaning up he said no you one of us come pray amazing and he used to say this you need to do any everything that you need in the morning to find faith he says, the first thing you must do when you wake up is find faith for today. Once you've found faith for today, then you can carry on. So it's not about good or bad. It's about each day, am I finding the faith that I need to submit to God and walk in His ways? That does not mean I'm saved or not. Right? It's got nothing to do with salvation. It's got to do with, where's my walk? Kindness is not a small thing. Not a small thing at all. You know the saying, it's not a biblical saying, but actually it could well be. Because it comes something from the heart of God. No act of kindness, no matter how small, ever goes to waste. Every time you are kind to someone, it touches their heart. You see, the things of God, even when practiced by things by people who are not Christian, still, if they're an act that is biblical, it will produce a biblical type of fruit. The fruit of kindness transforms our lives and the lives of those around us. Not just me. When I'm being kind, it's not just me that's transformed. It affects everyone around me. 
And God wants us to show kindness more than He wants our religious activities. Oh, I go to prayer meeting and I do this and I sing and I preach. No. God would rather me be kind and not do the religious activities than me not be kind but involved in all the pious religious activities that I can. Because that is a fruit of the inner person that will touch lives every moment of every day. Not something on display as the Pharisees used to do. Whitewash it on the outside but dead on the inside. No. He wants a transformation of the heart. I want you to show love. Not off of sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. God wants this deep, personal, intimate relationship. Chassad also can be translated as not goodies, goodness or kindness. Okay, so in that, it could say, I want you to show kindness, not offer sacrifices. I want you to show goodness, not offer sacrifices. Can you see how love and kindness are almost interchangeable in the Bible? It's quite an amazing thing. I, before I, 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 I prepared this preach, I didn't even know this. And as I started to explore, I was amazed. Because I'd overlooked at it. Oh, yes, be kind. I know what that is. No, I definitely did not know what that is. Pure, sorry, <clears throat> pure and genu- genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. See, the care for those who can never repay you, never do you anything good back, reflects the heart of God. Because even though we are saved, everything we give back to God and everything we do for Him is Him in us or, him, or us giving Him what He's already given us. We can never repay Him at all. And so when we replicate that to the prisoner, to the orphan, to the widow, to the person in, in hospital, to the man on the street, when we replicate those actions, we are doing actions that reflect the goodness and kindness of God. And especially when we do it with our heart of compassion. Because when we do that, we understand, wow, you know, you might be in prison and, and rough, but God loves you. Wow, God loves you. And so I'm going to love you, not because I do, but because God does. And He wants you to be saved. And then our actions become something of a reflection of God who, who acts kindly so that people can see how good He is and turn to Him. No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what He requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Mercy is the same root word, chasad, or kindness. So it could say, to do what is right, to love kindness, to love goodness, to love love. God desires more than pious or religious activities in our lives. He wants to transform us. He wants us to become kind. He wants us to be humble. He wants us to love. He wants us to know Him. And more than anything, He wants us to become like Him. Whoever purifies, right, whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life righteousness and honor let us pray heavenly father you truly are an amazing god 
We, we can't do any of this. We can't become good. We can't be kind. When we do it in our own efforts, the only thing that we produce in ourselves is more sin. And so even our very best acts, even the very best that we could ever give or do, does not produce life within us. It produces more death. But wow, God, when we just come to you, not trying to be good, not trying to be better, when we just learn from you and get to know you, the miracle of miracles happens in that you transform us right from the inside out. And our lives are changed, not because we did it, but because you did it. You are amazing. You are truly worthy of all glory and honor and power. And I ask, Lord, for each one of us, that the mark of our lives will not be that we are good or anything, but that we submit to you, that we go to your word and that we know you. As Enoch in the Old Testament, not much is said of him, but the key of it is that he walked with you. May we be those who walk with you. And as we do, God, I know because of the character that you reveal through the Bible and in me, whenever I submit to you, that you will change us, each one of us, to be so much, much more beautiful and glorious that we could ever make ourselves to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your plan that is beyond all comprehension or understanding. We love you deeply. Work in us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.